Hi, everybody. I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is John, John and Ann's, Ann's Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. Stop it. Stop it. This is a shoot. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to John and Ann's Wrestling Podcast. That's also a video because um, it's 2023. And honestly, where have you been? A lot of podcasts around it. Howard Stern was doing this in the 90s. Yeah. He had a radio show that was on TV. Don Imus, ever heard of him? I hope not. Yeah, he he, he wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. Nice. Shh. What? Don't make fun of Don, I- Don Imus on our podcast. He still has agents lurking about. They'll get us. Yeah. All right. So let's start off this week. We're going to talk about a few things, and then we're going to have a little guest later. We're going to have a, a tiny little guest. I mean, he's a regular-sized guest. Yeah, he's actually pretty tall. Really? Yeah, he's over six feet. Oh, yeah, feet. he is pretty tall. Yeah, he's like 6'3", yeah. 6'4". Six six yeah, Gotta so anyway, later on in the pod, uh, Casey James Salengo is going to join us to talk about Raw. Comedy legend. Because we uh, famously denounced Raw. We have denounced it. We've come out against Raw. <laughs> yeah. We stand against it. a lot of people got real mad at us for that. Did so they? So we're... Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I... He's terrible at working the gimmick, ladies and gentlemen. What? The gimmick being that we run a wildly successful podcast. What? I mean, maybe my gimmick <laughs> is that I'm so high and mighty that I don't care about the plebs. That's fair. That's fair. There you anyway. go. See, I've turned it back. I'm a heel. So a little later, we'll talk to Casey about Raw, but let's start off with the week's big wrestling thing, which was AEW revolution that's right i tried to think of a joke one that was less important but i i took too long AEW coup d'etat AEW. it was funny during the show uh one of the commentators was like this is the fourth revolution we've had and it was just like man this government must be so destabilized yeah <laughs> this is uh that's rough that's what happens at AEW. Yeah, just a gonna... constant power vacuum yeah um, but no, it was a phenomenal show. That was a fantastic show. It was a great show. Everyone at the at the Squared Circle subreddit loved it. Yes, and yes. so did we. Yeah, we loved it. We didn't watch it together. No, <laughs> he went to his friend's house. And yeah, I stayed home and watched it by myself. Yeah, because I'm really dedicated to this art form. Yeah, and I am too. And also, I. I mean, well, to be I w- fair, I had just gotten back from a yoga retreat. I was invited to the friend's house. I didn't want to go. Yeah, and he did. And so I and I read into that however you want. A, he had a kitten. He had a new kitten. He I had a kitten. a kitten. Yeah, he went. Yeah, went She's looking great. for some kitten, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, come on. That's, look, that's what he was doing. Look, that's what he was doing. Come on. No, but we loved AEW Revolution. We loved it. Uh, what did we like about it? Start from the top. <sighs> okay, so start from the top. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. We hmm. really enjoy it. Okay, never again. Hey, oh. <laughs> this is about to be a musical podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean the the we really enjoyed the Jungle Boy casket match. Yeah, the we final really burial. That. We uh, um, well, the first match also was Jericho and Ricky Starks. Apparently, Jericho Ricky Starks Ricky is Starks. his first ever pay per view win in AEW. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Because he's been there almost not quite from the beginning. He came in say. during that pandemic era. He came in during ah. uh, during the Cody Rhodes. Uh, I think pre Cody Rhodes when he was still just Cody. Because um, he didn't have the rights to the Rhodes name, um, and he was he was one of the challengers for the TNT yeah. Championship. I mean, I guess I that. buy it then, because they have not had very many pay per views. They haven't, yeah. And he's always he's been a heel in a lot of them, so he hasn't quite went. But he won. Uh, it was a really good match, and Jericho, um, you know, did the right thing there, and that was uh, 
Uh, I think Ricky Starks is a fantastic babyface. But yeah, that was a, a hot way to start the show. It was hot. It was hot, hot and heavy. Um, and Jericho loves that opening match spot. He's famous for only liking to be in the opening slot or the headlining slot. He doesn't like to be in the middle of any show. If you ever see Jericho up second at a wrestling show, he's pissed. Yeah. That's what we can know. It's also funny to me, all the people that have to wrestle in those spots and him just being like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. This really sucks. And yeah. it's like, I could be all right. I mean, I I don't have really a choice. Jungle Boy and Christian did it. Christian. There you go. Christian, his peer. Was, it, was that the second that show? Was the second, the second match. one? Oh, that was a great match. It was great. I and think we're going to talk about it a lot later, but uh, maybe. But um, one no, thing we can I, talk about it now. Forget one thing it. I will say uh, about that match is I hope that Christian was prepped on how fast that coffin was going to drop into the grave. as Because as soon as Jungle yeah, Boy closed it. There was a great it, coffin drop. It just shot down super fast. And being inside of a small enclosed space moving super quickly like that felt like a little Tower of Terror situation. Yeah. I bet it went very small distance, though. I bet it went like four inches. Probably. You know? I bet it just went, and then smoke popped up. Yeah, that's probably true. But it's still... Was gone real I'm sorry, fast. I'm sorry if I killed the magic for you. No, he went to hell. That's what it was. <laughs> it really important for you to imagine him falling like a full ah! story? <laughs> yeah, he went and did a little like a Wiley Coyote fall. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I just totally wrecked that for you. It was a great match. His mom and sister were there rooting mm-hmm. him on. He did what I read as a heel turn. You, I don't think it was a heel turn. You didn't read into it that way, but I was watching it again, and Jim Ross or one of them at one point says like he finally gave in or something after he hits uh, Christian with the concerto. I think so. I think it is a bit of a heel turn, ladies and gents. I think it's just that he's, you know, Christian was so, so he lost his real father, his you know his dad Luke Perry, mm-hmm. and then Christian had been a mentor to him. Yeah, and the yeah. years that you know shortly thereafter um and i think he was reluctant to attack him in, in a, as brutal a way as christian had been attacking him and i think that was just him finally being like not wanting to low and also not wanting to lower himself to christian's level and i think that was him accepting that he's just got to kill this demon um and exercise him I don't, so you don't think concertoing your mentor makes you a heel not in a context where concertoing somebody and that mentor also being a professional wrestler, you know, is except if I did that at work, like if I, if I concertoed my boss or the people that trained me, then yeah, they might, they might be into something. He's going to concerto his boss, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. We don't even work in the same state. <laughs> so don't worry. Even if it, it came to that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even if it comes to that, it won't. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's great. What was after them? Was it the the Jamie Hader match? We could just pull up the card. Oh, um, great. Now I got to edit this out. No, you don't have to edit this out. AEW Rev, baby. Revolution 2022. We're almost there. Almost there. Now I got to. 2023. I'm going to have to edit all of this out. No, you know. It's people so know. boring. This is not boring. Oh, this is, it's so boring. Watching two people surf House the of Black, the trios match. That was it. The House of Black was, trios match. I was match. almost going to nominate this for the match of the week, but I just feel, you know, there's so many other things to to talk about, but this was a great match. I'm really glad the House of Black won. Yes. Crowd, I think, was, they were a little split, but I think they were they were behind the House of Black. I think everybody wants to see them. Also, I was worried if the House of Black lost that they would just, like, leave. Because I'm always mm-hmm. afraid of a lot of like ex WWE guys like being tempted to go back. Yeah. Um, and I like House of Black where they are. 
Yeah, and they were great. They had an awesome Perfect. entrance with Julia Hart. She mm-hmm. wore cone fingers. Which, oh, yeah. You know, if you don't know what that is, I can't describe it to you any better than that. They no. were cones on her fingers, folks. Yeah. Uh, and she went like this and did one of these, and then they all appeared, and it was very badass. Lots of heavy metal music. Uh, it was really sweet. Everybody loved it. Yeah, it was really, it was really adorable and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was a, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then yeah, after they won. that, and then after that was you, Jamie Hader. That was right. It was the one women's match on the show. Jamie Hader retains. She did, and I. That's my catchphrase on this podcast. Jamie Hader retains. Have I said before that I think her catchphrase, so it's it's Hader hits hard, and I think it should be Hader hits harder. Mm. Because A, it is more. Because of the er. The er. And then also it's like everybody, a lot of people hit hard, but you yeah. hit harder than them. Yeah. Because you're Hader. I thought it was going to be, isn't it Hader's going to hate? Didn't she have that at She one may point? have it had that. It shows up on the screen when she comes out sometimes. Maybe. She may have that, but haters love her now. Mm-hmm. or the haters we're the haters and we love her we um, are haters we're both haters i think that it was the right call having her retain and also i figured that she would just retain or i figured ruby soho wouldn't win even though i do love jamie hater and i'm glad she won i was thinking that maybe um uh that ruby soho could win but i figured she needed to make a decision i think that's where the story needed to go yeah so um, ruby soho made a heel turn that was definitely a heel turn. There's no denying that, and that was a heel yes, turn. Yes, but she did it in a way that I've established I don't care for. Mm. John's going to argue with me on this, but I don't care for this. It's this thing they do in wrestling where, and it actually happened on Raw, too, so we can talk to Casey about this later, mm-hmm. but where someone is like going to have to choose between two people, and they go up to person A, and they're like, there's like tension, and they wait, and they, they're like, mm, I don't know. And then they like hug or embrace or high five or do something that makes the crowd go, they chose person A, hurrah. And then after that crowd swell dies down, they'll punch person A right in the face. Or kick them. Or kick them right in the face. I want to defend this because this, this, this is actually how, and, how we started dating. And they're dating. like, ha, 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 you thought I picked person A when I actually picked person B long ago. And I just don't care for it because i feel like we that that moment of tension when you're staring at person a that's that's it that's the moment of tension to to lie to us is just to trick us that's not creating tension that's just lying to us it's just a trick i think it's an effective way to create that tension then also i mean it can it can it can not make sense depending on how you perform it it can be weird it has to be justified the ruby soho one was a little less because she through the people she was going to join up with out of the ring first and yeah. then turned. And that didn't um, make any sense to me at all. And the Jey Uso one, I think, was more that he was just trying to let Sammy get close enough to him because Sammy was apprehensive. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a thing where sometimes sometimes in wrestling there are things that are accepted as like how things are in wrestling because they can manipulate the crowd. Yeah. Um, while uh, – if you analyze them too deeply, sometimes they don't make a ton of sense. Even just people have talked about like, why do people keep running when they get whipped into the ropes? Why don't they just stop running? Um, and that like, yeah, well stuff like that. I mean, that's part of the performance of it. I think I just don't care for this like tricky thing. I, I think because it makes the person who's playing the heel seem a little unhinged or like crazy. That is often, uh, I think a positive of it though, because they are often not, 
great people or not. Mm. Right. I disagree. I think I think heels heels should be sane, sane, sound businessmen and women. That's fair. I mean, a lot of heels in WWE tend to just be very mm-hmm. <laughs> correct. Like they just tend to be like the ones who are telling the truth, and then the baby faces are often like just mean bullies. Yeah. But anyway, so Ruby Soho is a heel now. She's on Team Soraya and Tony Storm, the divas or whatever, with all the little WWE ladies. Yeah. Uh, you know, walking around like they own the place. I don't. I mean, WWE bitches. I know. I don't know if I like it because I, Ruby Soho is such a good baby face, and the crowd really likes her. And I don't. I don't. I mean, not that she can't be a heel. She's been a heel before, but I just don't. I, I don't know if it's the right call. I think I like it. I'll be honest. I feel the same way about Ruby Soho. I really like her, and I liked her as a baby face. But I kind of love there being like a faction of yeah. women <laughs> who have something in common that binds them together. Um, so I do like that, th- that she's on yeah. this like group that has a cohesive, you know, they DNA. Do, yeah. They do have a clear theme and, mm-hmm. uh, Soraya definitely needs somebody to like, yeah. Take bumps in there more like sometimes so she doesn't have to do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but it also would, it'll be something new for Ruby, uh, because I think she's, you know, kind of been in a funk yeah i mean now that there's like a whole faction for people yeah. to like fight against you know there's there's opportunities for more storylines which yeah. is exciting and if the tbs championship ever moves away from just being jade cargill and a bunch of random guest stars mm-hmm. then perhaps one of them can win it um, yeah but we'll see maybe in a year yeah maybe we'll see maybe well we have to decide if we have a story for jade um yeah. we gotta maybe mm-hmm. take another year to figure that out unfortunately um and then we had another match that i think i may have nominated for match of the while well, match of the year but match of the week the texas death match texas death match john moxley versus hangman adam page which i thought was great it was very bloody not everybody's cup of tea very aggressive um and i really enjoyed it it was pretty bloody it was i, I can't i think it was fine i liked it mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not squeamish about blood I'm not nuts about blood. I don't want to see blood. I'm not like blood, but it was good. It was a good match. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't. I don't love this thing wrestlers are doing. Well, I mean, not to not to the extent that I don't love the heel thing, but like uh, multiple times this week, I watched people do this on oh, people's yeah, yeah, yeah. injuries, Ow. Oh, where they ah. like pull their cuts open so they bleed ah. more, ah. and I just don't like that because it's so icky. Ah. But it's fine as a wrestling thing. Like, they're allowed to do it. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. Sorry, I was busy selling. Yeah, you sold great. Thank you. Um, You know, they say a good professional wrestler could wrestle a mop and make it look like the mop is kicking their ass. And you just did that for me. I have have often mopped and made it look like the mop was kicking my ass. Uh, I'm not very good at cleaning. That mop was kicking your ass. It really was. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I thought it was a great match. Can you, can you explain what the rules of a Texas death match are to me? So I get that it's like a theme. I haven't seen a lot of them. I don't know why this one was Texas. Usually it's like, they just call it that if it's in Texas, Ah. this one was in San Francisco, California. But, uh, generally I think the idea is that you can only win by like pinfall submission or knockout, which is not necessarily that different from, uh, a regular match, but it's just basically like a no holds barred match with lots of barbed wire. Yeah, because that's what John Moxley likes. Yeah, barbed wire. And they uh, and you're just adding um, 
you know, calling it the Texas death match. I think they're just trying to present it in a more, like a more specific way. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's basically like they, I think they pushed the knockout thing as part of it, which, uh, is not how the match ended, but it was actually John Moxley it had to be his first submission. Oh, really? Also, I love the ending cause he hung him. Oh yeah, he did. He's a hangman. Yeah, that was and wild. And he hung him. And it was it was cool because it was a very like believable situation where this guy who never taps out would be like, I'm gonna die. I have yeah, to yeah, ta- yeah. I have to tap out. And he tapped out. Um Yeah. And yeah. then you know who didn't tap out? Samoa Joe, who did get choked to death. Samoa Joseph. That's right. He, he didn't he uh, basically he was cho- choked into unconsciousness. Yeah. By Wardlow. By Ward watching this match I was rem- so the crowd was a little dead for this match because they had just seen a full pay-per-view at this point. Yeah. Uh, and the Texas death match was all, well, other than the, the Iron Man match, the longest match on the card. So they were pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wardlow has been gone for a while, but, and also like, you know, how many matches can we fight over one man stealing another man's hair? You know? Yeah. It's, I know it's like a trope in wrestling. They steal each other's hair and they, and they, they, they steal each other's hair and they fight to get it back. But, I think it's time to move on from this concern over hair. Well, hair is Wardlow, a Wardlow, you can grow more hair. I was going to make a joke about hair being like a really long-standing tradition in wrestling. And then I remember that it actually really is. Yeah. The, the hair versus hair match. Yeah. The stipulations uh, about There's the hair. There's a real obsession with hair in wrestling. And I mean, I think Samoa Joe knew the story that mm-hmm. we had not known, actually, at the time. Yeah. It's funny that they didn't tell us. about. They should have figured that Wardlow. They should have explained that Wardlow thing before he cut his hair off so that we could like understand why that was so messed up to do. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they explained it why was months it? It's after. Because he, he grew it when his father was alive or something? Yeah, his, he didn't have a good relationship with his dad. And then like before... You know, a couple of years ago, his dad reached out to him and was like, I'm going to die, basically. Mm-hmm. I have a terminal illness, and I just really want to try to reconnect, you know, while I have yeah. some time. And That's they did. it really counts. And his hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I guess it's better <laughs> than nothing. Uh, and his dad mm-hmm. had longer hair and a beard, and so he started uh, growing out his hair and beard. Yeah. Um, and then Samojo knows this story and purposely cuts off that hair. Which that is, is messed up. It is pretty messed up, right? Uh, there's no reason to do that, you know? Yeah. And so Wardlow, I, re-watching this match, I was like, oh, Wardlow is pretty awesome. I, like, forgot how good Wardlow is. But, you know, I I still think, I, I don't know, sometimes I worry that he's just, you know, too, I don't know, like WWE or something. I can't, I can't tell, but I just worry that people are going to turn on him, not because of a failing of him or anything that's wrong with him. I just worry that people will turn on him for some reason. But He does have kind of a heel energy to him. Yeah, and your I, name is a good heel name, Wardlow. I also kind of wanted Joe to, because I want Powerhouse Hobbs to win that title because mm-hmm. he won the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was very excited for him to do that. I really want Hobbs to win the TNT Championship and have it for like a while because mm-hmm. um, I think he's like a big superstar and just waiting to like yeah. break out. Uh, so I wanted the winner of this match to lose to him immediately on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping that maybe like Joe would retain and then maybe Wardlow could do like a, a little program with MJF. This was your nerd fantasy booking and it didn't come true. Or this was a fantasy booking you had that did not come true then. Yeah. Or cannot come true now. I thought of it during the match and I was like, okay, because I was like, I don't know where people go from here. And then I was like, oh no, that would work. And then we could just 
tie this all up neatly. But then, uh, then they Wardlow disappointed won. you. I think Wardlow did need to win, though. Thinking back on it, I mean, he had to get revenge on this guy for like disrespecting his relationship with his father and all this stuff. So. You hear that, Tony Khan? We actually think you're really smart. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the next match because it's a four-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. That's great. This was a great match. I enjoyed it very much. I was a little disappointed with the outcome, but, you know, the guns retained. Um, But then, in a nice little twist, FTR made their big return. Yeah. I thought they were going to come back to, like, be in this match, but it makes more sense to just do this match and then have them. Yeah. And I guess this is so that they didn't have to take the belts off the acclaimed that everybody loves. Yeah. Or they didn't have to have the acclaimed lose to FTR, maybe. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I got you. I got you. Um, the FTR wouldn't take the belts off them. Yeah, the guns have also improved quite a bit. I mean, they have impressed me during the short title reign. I think they've been really good. They were good in this match. Yeah, they've been good um, sports about everything, too. Yeah, they know. <laughs> they clearly know what they're doing. They're pretty, like, naturally good at it, too, considering how short of a time they've been wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think Austin's been wrestling since, like, 2017, which I guess is a while ago now, but a lot of that time was in, like, the pandemic and stuff, you know, so yeah. you couldn't even wrestle in front of crowds. And then Colton, I think, has only been wrestling for, like, two or three years yeah um so oh, wow. it's incredible i mean they're you know they grew up around it so yeah but, um, but then the main thing about this pay-per-view that we should talk about unless you have something else to say about the four-way tag team i was match. just gonna say two two things about that as much crap as we give jeff jarrett this run is pretty great because he's just so good at being so hateable mm-hmm. he's one of the people in the like they probably give him too much tv time and i am afraid he's gonna like win a title he doesn't deserve at some point but he's so <laughs> ready for people to just totally shit on him all the time oh yeah for sure for creating tna and just he's like very receptive to it and he's not um you know he's uh he's been a re- he's been really good so you uh, love jeff jarrett also i wasn't like i love orange cassidy and dan house and they didn't need to be in this match but when i saw them both wearing black <laughs> i was like they should be a tag team called black well, denim you know why they needed black to be in denim, the match that's right the name. they needed to be in the match because uh Danhausen's the one who got pin- got pinned. Yeah. And Danhausen is kind of a perfect wrestler in the sense that I feel like he can always be the one to take the pin. Yeah. Because it does nothing to his character. Yeah, well he always li- like he's it it's not he's not popular because he's so big and tough. Yeah. I think actually I'm pretty sure watching this somebody said something like yeah, but who takes the pin in this match? And I think I said Danhausen and they were yeah. like, "Oh yeah, that's true." Yeah. Of course. Um, he's built for the pin. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and now we can talk about the yes. big main event that big I'm boy. eager to get to. Big baby this boy. Was the, this was the thing. It was an hour-long Iron Man match. It was an hour and five minutes and 20 seconds. That's more than an hour. Oh, I know. right, because they went to sudden death. They went into overtime, ladies and gentlemen. And we found out they that Tony Khan has no way to contact the referee or the ring announcer from backstage. He has no way unless he, he tasked Tony Schiavone himself yeah to walk down from the announcer's booth to ringside to talk to the officials. There's no way for Tony Khan to get in touch with them. That's yeah. That's what we established. This is canon now. Maybe he was in the bathroom and he only had like his phone on him or something. And he was watching the paper. And he called Tony Schiavone's headset. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He has the number to that. Yeah. He's the only man with the number to the headset. No, but this was a great match. MJF. It was fantastic. MJF did a great job of weaving comedy through it. I felt, which I Mm -hmm. is what I appreciate him for. And what I admire him for as a wrestler is Mm -hmm. how funny he is. And, um, he wove a lot of jokes into this. He threw a drink on a kid. Yeah. Like a real kid. 
He a real kid. He threw a drink on a child, mm-hmm. uh, and then he pretended he was going to throw uh, Brian Danielson into the crowd, and he made people get out of the way. And then he spun D- Danielson around and put him back in the ring, and then flicked everybody off in the audience. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah. No. Oh, and he kept calling out Dave Meltzer, which was pretty funny. Yeah, he kept being like, "Is it going to cost me a star, Dave?" Ooh. Uh, that was pretty great. And he's also fantastic in the ring. I mean, he looked great in this match. He. I yeah. Mean, not that I didn't think he would be able to keep up with Brian Danielson and everything. He just like mm-hmm. he can. Do, that's what makes him even more hateable. It's like he can do everything. Yeah. It's not a situation where he's like, you know, hated because he like can't do it. He can do everything, and he just like chooses to he either actually, not or like. Yeah, he actually is that good. Yeah, that's it's like what's when, so infuriating. It's like about when you're him. getting bullied by somebody who's like, "I'm better than you, and I have all this stuff that's better than you," and you're like, "You are." Oh crap! <laughs> you know. Shoot, he is better than me. Oh yeah. no! I mean, to be fair, he does cheat. Yeah, no, he cheated. I mean, I didn't. I don't recognize hitting someone with an oxygen tank as cheating, but. Other people do. You watch too many XSW matches. I think that's the issue. Um, well, you know, if you're if if a prop shows up in the ring, you're allowed to hit people with it. I think that's the rules of wrestling, personally. Chekhov's oxygen tank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you bring an oxygen tank of all things to bring to an they injured never, man, they in never a ring, bring that. I, I know. I'd never seen it before. It's like, why on earth would they need to bring him an oxygen tank? Is he drowning? <laughs> yeah, he's. That's true. He was drowning in sweat and blood. He was yeah. covered in blood. He was doing full like southern like Memphis wrestling blood. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so animated too. Yeah. And then Brian Danielson was his usual amazing self in this match. I, I went into this thinking there was a 0% chance that Brian Danielson was going to win. I figured they would get me a little bit at some points and it went, it, it went on for so long and there was a little bit of uncertainty that I was like, maybe, maybe yeah. he wins it back right away or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks sometimes with wrestling when you like watch it so much that you start to like understand booking and stuff and like, um, how you, uh, and how you, uh, it sucks when you watch so much wrestling that you try to like understand booking and all this stuff. Um, and it kind of makes it harder to like, just enjoy watching it and rooting for your favorites. Cause you're like, well, MJF needs to keep the title. He's on a good title. And you're thinking about it from like a business perspective and a storytelling perspective. Um, it's just weird. Uh, it's like if you were watching football and you were like, yeah, I mean the chiefs, you know, this would be a better story you know than Mm -hmm. the than the eagles or whatever and you're like so for business sense yeah uh there was something else i was gonna say oh my one note about this match there's supposed to be a little bit of time between the falls like 30 seconds oh yeah because mjf just pinned him twice Mm -hmm. immediately Mm -hmm. and it was like there should have been like a little bit they had like four falls but i liked it though because it was it was action-packed it allowed them to do those quick spots where you didn't quite know what was going to happen you thought something could happen really quickly you know yeah it was i kind of like that because you already know it has to go an hour so it's i feel like with this match pacing is tricky because you don't want it to go you you don't want there to be pauses because then everybody knows nothing's going to happen in that pause there never really were pauses and it did feel like anything could happen at any moment Mm -hmm. um because the match will continue yeah so it did feel like anybody could like get a fall at any moment they did a a really i mean more than uh, almost any other iron man match i've ever seen this was like very Mm action-packed there was uh because like the most famous iron man match before this was Shawn michaels versus bret hart which i've never watched all of but it's a similar thing it's over an hour because mm-hmm. they do overtime because it ties, but it tied at zero falls. So it was just an hour match with no falls, wow. which is like in front of a crowd, a WWF crowd in 1996. Hmm. So they're not used to watching yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like they had, you know, they wrestle. It's 
theoretically like a masterpiece and they do it really well but it's also like kind of boring because they don't yeah. nothing really happens for an hour yeah uh, we can talk about ring of hunter ring of hunter weekly show that's right the debut with the, with the other lady who could theoretically be in the wwe heel faction athena 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 Athena, yeah, uh, Athena, the ROH Women's World Champion. Yeah, my favorite part of the show was Willow challenging her to a title match on this coming show. So that'll be on Friday on the Ring of Honor TV show. It's on Thursday. Friday, Thursdays. Thursdays. It's on Thursdays. 7 to 9 p.m. I don't know what I'm doing. Eastern time uh, on Honor Club. On Honor Club. Honor. Which is a streaming service you can get. That's right. It's Ring of Honor streaming service. It existed before Tony Khan bought it, then it went away for a while, and now it's back. Uh, when they do, thank you, Tony. When they do, thank you, thank you, Daddy Tony. Thank when you. They, when they do uh, post it, it's airs as though it's live, so you can't like rewind it or pause it while it's on, like that Thursday oh, seven to nine period. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that, and I tuned in like a little after eight, and I, oh. I had to go rewatch the first half of oh. it later. But if you want after it's after it's done, it's just on because they yeah. taped them all already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a fun show. It felt like sort of a a really important episode of dark elevation i was just or gonna rampage. say the same thing yeah yeah because it's Cause one of a smaller a crowd dark, I, I watched a lot of dark elevation it felt a lot like that it was like a lot of the same people and you know yeah it's like the trust busters are in there yeah the trust busters without sunny kiss which disappointed me because it's like what's the point yeah um but they were there and it was like roh people and then people that are really good on aew that haven't like willow that haven't been getting a ton of time willow was getting yeah. a lot of time on aew for a while but now i think is shifted to roh i think that's fine for a while if you want to feature somebody down there well she can't bit, like this then, is you know the, the thing that willow's stuck in that that problem i love to bring up which is when you only book two women's matches a show or a week then um people like willow who aren't in a storyline you know where do they go what do they do they can't do anything they have they to go, go beyond another show yeah they gotta go to literally another company because they're gonna have to have a jade match and they're gonna have to have a tony storm uh um uh, Jamie Hader match. And the Jade match. And those cannot, are your two women's matches. So no, the, everybody else is. And the Jade match cannot involve someone from the roster. Yeah. So everybody um, else on the roster just doesn't, unless they're in one of those two storylines, can't get any, because there's two belts true. and two matches. So it's like, that's yeah. it. Uh, the, uh, well, there so were two. That's why you need more women's matches to be booked and more another women's belt. Maybe women's tag team titles. That would be Maybe great. some women's tag team titles. I would love some women's tag team titles. I love some women's tag team titles. You know me. Women's tag team titles with also a mid-card women's title? There'd be a lot of women's titles. That'd be great. And then you could rotate around. You know what I mean? So then you, you could have you know. at least three women's matches yeah. a week. I mean, that's like half the show. Yeah. You know, they don't really do two more, more than like yeah. six matches. Most dynamites, right? Um, but... They had two women's matches on this episode of Ring of Honor, which is probably more women's. That's got it. I honestly think that is the record for the most women's matches on a, a single Ring of Honor show. Yeah. ROH, for as great as it is and for as important as it is to wrestling history, uh, not so with women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. They've had women's championships. Uh, I've heard it described uh, that their uh, their women's division felt like it was court-ordered. Mm. like they had no choice they used to work really closely with shimmer which is mm-hmm. a big promotion a big women's promotion yeah and they also have shine now as another uh, spinoff of that one but shimmer was kind of like the sister promotion of roh and they would have like shimmer matches mm. uh on 
old ROH shows. But this one was, you know, it was good. Willow was in one of them against Lady Frost, who I've seen a lot about in Impact, but I hadn't actually watched oh, her. Oh, yeah, Lady Frost. And she was really right. good. They had a great I match. I think I follow her on Instagram. They were really good. They had a great match. Um, yeah. And then for some reason, I'm blanking on what the other women's match was. Don't look at me like that. I don't. You're supposed to be the big nerd. I am the big I'm nerd. I'm cool. You're I was on a yoga retreat all weekend, so I didn't okay. get to watch any of this live. I caught up on all of it in the last day. That's true. That's actually impressive. That is, and I'm a little worried about you. Am I'm I? fine. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. I can meditate. Do it right now. Watch. The Dow is going to crash 50 points tomorrow. What? That's what happens when you meditate. You can predict the future. Sell. Hmm. You floated up. Did I really? Yeah, you were floating. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's a new power I've unlocked. Is that a work or a shoot? On you me? Figure, yeah, you have to Because figure I had out. my eyes closed? Yeah, you have to figure it out. <gasps> wow, it's like a wrestling show going on in my mind. Am I working you or shooting you? Oh, oh my that gosh, sounds. that's a nice way of, really, actually a worse way of asking me if, if you're gaslighting, gaslighting you. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I, your Honor, look, in my defense, it was a shoot. It was a work. Okay. Yeah. Well, we like the Ring of Honor show. We did we, like the Ring. We I, recommend it. I think it's got a lot of promise. The main event was great. Claudio Castagnoli defending. Oh yeah, that was good. The ROH World Title against Ar Fox. Yeah. Um, that was great. Why and don't then, we just Google the card? We did that for Revolution. I felt like Revolution that, was easier it, to find. Are we saying that ROH isn't as important? <laughs> All we can do is Google ROH TV. And hope that Google knows what we mean. Oh, my God. He Googled the word results, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just the word results. It should come up. You know, what, else is, know, what else is anybody talking I know, about? I know we make fun of, like, sometimes you'll laugh at your parents when they do things like, you know, Google the word results. But it can happen to a young person, too. It can. Oh, yeah. Mark Briscoe was there. He defeated Slim J. Oh, yeah. Mark Briscoe. Uh, with Smart Mark Sterling was with the, That's right. Yeah. And then uh, the Kingdom, they just got out of ROH, and here they are right back in it. Uh, they defeated the Infantry, Sean Dean, who is undefeated against MJF. I forget uh, about the Kingdom and, and Maria Canellis Bennett. Yeah. The Kingdom are fun. I mean, they're. I think they could do be, be a good tag team in AEW. What's uh, their thing? Like, I can't really tell what their thing is. Well, when Matt Taven first came into ROH 10 years ago, mm-hmm. he literally was like a Pauly Shore Mm-hmm. He looked like Pauly Shore. He didn't. He didn't say like ah, I'm the Witsa, but he was mm-hmm. like he looked like Pauly Shore and dressed like Pauly Shore. And then he joined. Then he turned heel and joined Truth Martini's House of Truth. Ooh. And basically, they were just like they just liked to party and have sex. Was like their thing. Uh, yeah. And it was pretty. Their theme song was, "Ladies, take your pants off. Fellas, take your pants off. Everybody, <laughs> take your pants off." It That's was, good. It was great. It was. I really loved it, and I really enjoyed Matt Taven, and Truth Martini was great. Uh, and then I think it was that Adam Cole had turned heel, and then he eventually started a faction with Matt Hardy, who was also becoming a heel called the Kingdom, mm-hmm. and then. Matt Taven ended up joining that and then sort of took it over. They don't really have like a gimmick gimmick. I mean, Mike Bennett was always just a guy who was in ROH who you would just expect to be in WWE, mm-hmm. especially 10 years ago, 11 years ago. He was just like a jacked guy that looked like this guy should be in, you know, on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just like kind of didn't like him. But they don't really have like a hard gimmick 
mm. as many indie wrestlers do not. I see. I wasn't sure if the kingdom was a reference to anything. And I know they have that really beautiful Marie. What's her last name? I said it earlier. Maria Canellis. Canellis. That's what yeah. it is. She's, she's great. A but she shows up and she goes like this and then they come out. Yeah. But with both arms. I can't do it with both arms because I'm holding the mic. But she does this. But imagine this arm is out too. She does this. Both. Like that. Like that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you You're for welcome. putting it together. Okay. Yeah. That's what she looks like. And then they come out. So she's great. She's that's an old like. WWE legend. Yeah. She was a, a diva. Classic diva. But, mm-hmm. um,. Yeah, well, they also, I forgot about this, uh, about this uh, NJPW World Television Championship match. Mm-hmm. Zack Sabre Jr., my guy, defending against All Farts, Blake Christian. All Farts! Yeah, and it was bizarre because he was wrestling as just like a regular full baby face, and he was not, uh, it, it, I couldn't accept it anymore. Yeah. But it was a really good match. They had a great match, and it was a different type of opponent than Zack Sabre Jr. often wrestles. He's a big high-flying guy. Yeah, that's Paul great. Blart, Blake Christian. Uh, and that was that was a match I would recommend. That in the main event, Christopher Daniels versus Rohit Raju. I liked Rohit uh, a little bit that I saw him in Impact, former X Division champion, and he had uh, like an open challenge while mm-hmm. he, I think while he was the X Division champion there, uh, called Defeat Rohit. Um, and that was fun. So I remember it that. rhymes. And Christopher Daniels is an is an ROH original. Uh, you know he's a little older. I don't know if he, how much stuff he's in. Oh. Kanosuke Takeshita versus Josh Woods. I think this is a great platform for Takeshita. I think Takeshita mm-hmm. could be really big here before they, because he's you know, on AEW a lot. But this is a good spot to yeah. showcase him. Um, so that was great. And then the Embassy, uh, which is the six-man <laughs> tag champs versus Joe Keys, Rex Lawless, and the Monster Factory's LSG. Yeah, Monster Factory. That's right. I have no Coming idea. Coming out March seventeenth. They announced it. They announced it. You March wrote 17th about it. March seventeenth on Apple TV. I wrote up the trailer. Watch Monster Factory. Remember, it's not on Banana Radio. It's on no, Apple it's on TV. <laughs> that's a good. That's a really good one. Yeah, they should pay you to do that. <laughs> All right, Ari Davari. If we see that in any Apple ads, we're going I to swear sue. to God. We're going to sue your little Apple asses off. That's right. It's not in the orange newspaper. It's on Apple TV. Ari Davari defeated Metallic. Metallic was in, he's Mascara Dorada. He was in uh, WWE as Grand Metallic. And then mm. he left and he was back to Mascara and he Dorada. He's no longer Grand. No, and now he's back to just Metallic. And I don't, I liked Mascara Dorada. I don't know. I, maybe he's doing it because he was like, well, people knew me from WWE as this Metallic. He mm. can't be Grand Metallic because he's, that's copyrighted. So now he's doing this. But he lost, yeah. which I thought was weird. But. Yeah. Um, the king of the ropes, but he gets screwed, you know, it was interference. And then, then it was the main event or no, then it was the women's match that I I couldn't remember. Oh, it was Madison rain. I remember that. And you got to close the little thing. Right. Shoot. Oh boy. We are out of control. This guy doesn't know how to use a computer. Remember when he Googled the word results? I thought it would come up with some, I mean, what else? (laughs) What other events that have results would have happened between Last fr- last Thursday and now. Sometimes you just got to cast a wide net and you sift through it. It would have been there eventually. Um, Sky Blue and Madison Rain Sky versus Blue. Charlotte and Robin Renegade. Yeah. The Renegades. I remember um, this. The Renegades now. are really good. I like them. They were also screaming at the ref. Like, they're not both legal ref. Like, it's one in, one out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Sky Blue, by the way, I know we talk about the AEW women not getting enough TV. I don't think anybody outside of, like, Soraya, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker... Uh, get 
as much TV time as Sky Blue. It, it there's nothing against Sky Blue. She's pretty green. Yeah. Um, but she's, I don't. I see I, her she's a lot on everything. I see her a lot. She's like maybe it's because she's like the number one like kind of jobber person, but or like the person that can like take pins. Uh, but she, I see her a lot. Okay, so now we're gonna go to the phones. We have a caller <laughs> on John and Ann's Wrestling Podcast here to talk about WWE's Raw is none other than Casey James Salango. Comedy Zone. Comedy Zone. Hello, I'm Comedy Zone. But no one <laughs> owns me. I'm a free man and a free spirit and I love wrestling. Thanks for having me on the pod. Of course. Thanks You're for, an independent contractor. Thanks for being our first caller, Casey. This yeah. means I'm a the lot. first caller? Like, because everyone else does camera? Yeah, no, yeah. you're just our first caller ever yeah, in we, general. We've never had a guest on. <laughs> this is our first time. Oh, this is like, what an honor. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, you were our first our first uh, text to ask someone to call in. So. Yeah, <laughs> to, great. To I'm beg someone. Both of you. And I've been loving your articles. Thank uh, you. Truly incredible. I'm very jealous of you. But um, <laughs> John, I've been, lo- been loving your friendship for the past 10 years. That's good. It and, what, and what about my uh, my accomplishments and my my creative hey. stuff? Let's, let's <laughs> well, yeah, when, when you when you remember my yeah, yeah we'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, we'll talk I about that later. Joke about the about the three way baseball uh, game. <laughs> thank you for thinking of something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, love, I you think you're funny, John. Thank you. No, I'm just giving you. I'm giving you crap. All right, we're hanging up. <laughs> okay. Um, well. First, we want to talk about WWE Raw, Casey. What did you know? You're a Raw fan. We're a, we're not particular huge fans of Raw, but from what I understand, you are a fan of Raw. Can you can you expand Ooh. on that? <laughs> Don't put that on me. I'm, <laughs> you're a Raw apologist, I right? I would not declare myself a Raw fan. Um, it's a pretty bad show, you know. I've been a WWE fan since I was for like four or five years old, and I've been watching raw ever back in the day you know i just uh, hope my mom would pass out uh, <laughs> so i could watch it because we only had one tv mm-hmm. I, was, I was about 13 i got a tv in my room and baby i was watching raw every week never so came out forward to um, but now i don't watch it very much because it's it's honestly pretty painful to sit through and it makes me deeply depressed yeah yeah, that's kind of how I I've compared it to like nihilism a lot in the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it just just nothing matters at all. It it I've been watching it more recently because of this, uh, and I have to say it's it's I'll it's a little better, but it's such a low bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, I was talking with you about this, John, about mm-hmm. how I don't know what it is. About Raw. I try to watch sometimes. I get all excited. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm home on a Monday. Nothing going on. Let me pop it on. And then, yeah, like 20 minutes in, I just feel like an, an overwhelming sense of sadness about nothing in particular. And I feel like it's just even like the color scheme, it just like brings back bad feelings where I feel like if any, even if anything good happened, I wouldn't be able to recognize it because it's just this crashing wave of depression which is strange because I, I, I like i like smackdown more i watch that and i can notice good matches and segments on smackdown there's a lot of them and you know i've got a lot of great memories of watching smackdown like i remember undertaker versus kurt angle it was the fourth of july 
Oh yeah. Outside lighting off lighting off fireworks, and I stayed inside and with the fireworks, <laughs> and that's, you know that's where I think uh, Kurt he had him in the in the Gogo Plata, the the Hell's Gate. Uh, oh yeah. No, so Kurt Angle, so Undertaker cat, and but he, Kurt Angle got pinned at the same time. I think it was the first time Undertaker ever tapped, or you know the SmackDown Six. Um, oh yeah. Was a great time. I've got so many great memories of SmackDown. With for Raw, I remember like. I remember when, like, uh, Triple H turned on Shawn Michaels and, like, the pipe bomb. And that's, that's about it. Mm. When um, is the last time so anyways, you watched... Wait, yeah. when's the last time you watched an episode of Raw, Casey? So I watched some... I watched... I watched some clips this week. Last week, I did tune in for a minute. I realized it's so wild. You know, younger me would be so upset to be like, you're home. <laughs> you're yeah, you're Raw not watching Raw? I'd be, yeah, I'd be disgusted. What are you doing? Um, I don't know. So I realized it was like 8.30. I was like, I literally have nothing else going on. Um, so I popped on Raw. And um, yeah, it just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. It's just never... it. I, I think there's something to the color scheme. Because I think red is just a weird... Like the SmackDown blue does just feel better. I don't. Yeah, it's soothing in some way. I don't know. Yeah, and it's Friday, even though you're not necessarily watching it when it's happening, but it just feels yeah. like it's more chill. And Raw's like the beginning of the week. I don't know. It's. I think it's also just that because like Raw has. Uh, well, SmackDown's also had that thing where the SmackDown Six, like you were talking about in 2002, the beginning of every mm-hmm. brand extension in 2002 and 2016, SmackDown was good. It was creatively yeah. good. It was satisfying. Yeah. There were stories. There was purpose. All those SmackDown pay per views that they did. From every episode of SmackDown, because I was watching it, because at, at my job yeah. at the time I could watch TV while I worked, so I watched like every Raw yeah. and SmackDown, uh, and um, like those matches all had like purpose and everything, and everything like was, everything was different. Yeah. And then they always would kill SmackDown for some reason. They would mm-hmm, come in mm-hmm. and like rip it apart, take out everything that was good about it, take out whoever was booking it, and then because they wanted Raw to be like the flagship show. And it's just this weird thing where they would like, I think SmackDown to them almost represented WCW because I think that was the idea Mm. is they Mm. wanted it to be WWF and WCW and then it just became Raw and SmackDown. And I think that just like Vince thinks of SmackDown as WCW or something. And he's like, I can't let it be bigger than Raw. Yeah. When they do like the brand warfare, it's like, yeah, you know, they're they're pitting Raw to be the good guys because it's Vince's baby, even if it's internal and doesn't make any sense. But yeah, even with the initial brand split, I remember like SmackDown's top guys like Rey Mysterio, Edge, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle. Um, another guy that we want to talk about was a big fan of. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Another guy that broke my heart. Um, and, uh... Yeah, broke my heart, made me cry on a beat. Yep. Um, Wait, which, then, which guy was that? <laughs> which one? Mr. Christopher Benoit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was yeah. going to guess, but then I thought maybe it was yeah. CM Punk. I, I, I mean, no. well. <laughs> I, I would not say CM Punk's name because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, CM Punk also, though he did also break my heart a little bit. Uh, when you put it in the yeah. perspective, when you're comparing it to Chris Benoit, <laughs> I do have. I, I think I could. I could forgive CM Punk. I think yeah. I could probably. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's pretty comparable, honestly. Um, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, <laughs> but Raw's top guys were like X Pac and Bradshaw <laughs> and Buffer Ray Dudley. I do and remember that. Like, heart- what the fuck is this? That whole brand extension when they first did it, they like didn't understand that they needed to have equal titles on both shows. So they had yeah. like the world title was like the undisputed title was on both shows, but then like 
I think like one show had like the intercon. I think Raw had like all the other championships. They had like the IC yep. title, the European title, the hardcore title, and the tag team title. Or no, the SmackDown had the tag titles, I think. And like, SmackDown got tag titles introduced when they had that great tag title tournament. Yes, that's right. McMahon. I remember the video package of her introduced when they did SmackDown. Tag the team tag title. team legend, Stephanie McMahon. Um, um, but yeah, those are, and then they all got absorbed by like RVD. They just did a bunch of matches with like Kane and RVD. Yeah. And just like that's when they brought all the titles and like one title, which that sucks too. I love titles. People always complain about too many titles. Sure, but I think it's fun. You know, I, I think it's good. Titles are the point of the thing, right? It gives people something I know, to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're all There's doing. There's a reason to be doing something. I don't know. When people get mad, there's like too many titles. It doesn't mean anything. None of this means anything. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if there's a reason. The title change is very exciting. So do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Raw and... was like it was never fun. There's some matches with Christian Randy Orton. I remember that was very excited about. That was one of my um, favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was so fun. I but that always felt like in spite Jeff of it. Hardy stuff. What's that? Oh yeah. No, I was gonna say that like whenever there was something good, yeah, the, and Undertaker Jeff Hardy stuff was great. The um, that there's never anything like it always feels like something good is happening in spite of Raw. Like they it broke through, you know. Like this isn't supposed to. Yeah. That's like what the Bloodline feels like, even though it's like their main thing. It just always feels yeah. like well, this is happening despite their best efforts. That's true, yeah. Any good stuff, any really good stuff that happens in WWE feels like an accident that <laughs> this is not where they were going, but, like, the fans kind of steer them in the right direction. But, yeah, I'm wondering, if, like, if Raw just, like, got a color change, maybe, you know, a fresh coat of paint, some fun like, different music, graphics, maybe I'd love it again. Cause I still a like pink Raw? Now. I see, like, these Gunther matches, and they're fantastic. If that they was on Raw, I'm like, would I even, would I even think this was good? I don't know what's going on in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just zone out a lot of times on Raw. And then, like, um, what was it that happened uh, this week? Yeah, well, I, so. With um, Logan you, Paul? or Oh, yeah, Logan Paul. I mean, there's, there was a few things. <laughs> well, did you. So there's Logan Paul happened, which mm-hmm. it's weird because when they do this thing where they have somebody who's genuinely unlikable and they have them play the heel, it's like, yeah. But I still don't want to watch him at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a good heel or like, oh, he's good at his, his job. And um, no, it's like, I hate this guy. And I guess that's an argument. That's an argument in our group chat. We have a group chat yeah. full of uh, men between the ages of 35 and uh, 50 yeah. that uh, talk about wrestling all day long. You get some real, some real heated arguments. Um, Sounds exciting. And I guess this was talk- that's what I was talking about with Jeff Jarrett, where it's like, what is a good heel in this day and age? Is it like a guy like Jeff Jarrett that I am booing because I don't want him on my TV and he's taking up time from people that could be using that time better, I feel? So it's like, you know, it's going over the smart heads because you really hate this guy or is a good heel someone who's good at being a heel so you like them? You know, what's, what's real? I guess the heel's job is to make you hate them. So yeah. Yeah. I'm an actual good heel in this day and age. You need someone... Like Logan Paul and Jeff Jarrett, I guess, because people actually fucking yeah. hate him. I mean, I I'll say that you know, famously, my favorite wrestler, my favorite heel right now is MJF, mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah, the reason but he's the, good. Yeah, he's so good, and I feel like that's what that is what makes him a good heel is that he's like, he's so fun to hate, and so you have fun mm-hmm. watching him even mm-hmm. though you hate him, and it's not like where it's like 
I'm not rooting for him to fail like I am with Logan Paul in a way that makes me feel bad inside because I don't want to be a person who roots for people to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then you, you see somebody and you're like, I don't want them here. <laughs> and yeah. You feel bad. <laughs> sure. So you're you're a little newer to wrestling, correct? <laughs> yeah, I am. So maybe I have more of a tender heart than I should. Well, yeah. no, I'm just I'm interested in what your experience is because you are, you know, now you're figuring out the heel. It's like... It's like heat versus go away heat. Yeah, that's yeah. true. A lot though, of, but people have worked, all the fans have worked themselves up so much knowing everything that's going on. That, uh, I don't know. What's, I think go away heat is the only genuine heat you can build. But MJF is so good. But he's just getting to the point where he's honestly pissing me off now for real. Sometimes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like he, throwing that drink in that kid's face. I don't that's, you know, that's probably an expensive drink. You don't know that kid. That seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Didn't you say they mentioned that at the scrum job? They did. He was. They were talking about that. They they like said like uh, we're taking it very seriously. We're we giving him free tickets to Dynamite. He's gonna be a Dynamite. Like they were really. I I can't tell if I'm being worked, which I like. Um, that kid might be in the show now. It was a little weird that that kid was like sitting while everyone else was standing, and he had a, like yeah. a hood on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like the like he had a hood on as though he was a wrestler that was disguised, but he also was clearly a child. Yeah. So I don't know who yeah. he was. I, yeah. I thought it was fun because I thought if you're a kid in the front row at a wrestling show, man, you 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 want to get hit with drinks, don't you? Yeah. I feel like he probably <laughs> yeah. threw it on him because he was sitting down too. Honestly. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. If I was a kid, I would love that. But now I got some of the A's where I'm thinking from the parents perspective where I'm like, yeah. you know, that was probably a fifteen dollar tequila soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tequila. Yeah. Hey, You're trying to get amount of money for drinks here? What the fuck? That... Also trying to get my son drunk? What is this? That is fair. Yeah. I did think about that too. I was like if I bought an alcoholic beverage in an arena, I would be really mad if somebody uh, some rich asshole. Well, because Jungle Boy did that with a guy's beer too when he was walking down the Didn't that guy stairs. give it to him? No, he just had it held out because he was like recording on his phone, and he had his he was oh. holding his beer out too next to his phone, and Jungle Boy just grabbed it and poured it over Christian. Oh. Um, Maybe he's oh, all right. Well, so I guess that's fun, but still, as someone who doesn't go to many wrestling shows because I end up spending two hundred dollars on booze, <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would be upset. I'd be upset at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you I, know, it was the, too, and, yeah. and it was the end of the night. She so probably wasn't going to be able to get another one. Yeah, the bar's know, probably closed. The thing, the thing, mm-hmm. It shuts down. You're like, I'm going to run get another drink. They're like, no, we're closed. And you're like, I fucking hate you forever. Drunk <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. And you know you have like 35 minutes left in the mash oh, for yeah. a fact. Oh, you got to sit here God. with your wet, wet son. <laughs> oh, uh, I'd be so mad. These places that like stop selling drinks like halfway in. I'm like, what, the, what are you doing? You don't want money? Yeah. yeah they hate anyway, money. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. alcoholism than I was um, saying bro. before that I that I liked that Jeff Jarrett, like that he was um I like how much he's embracing just being absolutely hated and he is performing really well, but you do bring up a good point that it's like we don't really need him. There's they have such a huge roster and I want to see I like I'm not opposed to guys who are a little older being on the show, but it's just like we you know, we got all these we got all these good heels that are around that aren't necessarily like getting to do anything and it's like they could send them into ROH and they could do stuff there but it's like I wanted to be an AEW as much as possible mm-hmm. yeah um, I don't, it's, look, I'm not anti-Jeff Jarrett I think I was excited when he came back 
I think he's incredible at kind of shape he's in yeah. at his age. I, I like him, you know, slap nuts era whenever yeah. he was deriding him as a main eventer. I've always kind of liked him, but it's just the fact that he's being used so much, and there's so many guys I know that aren't being used, and, and not in a way where it feels like they're being cycled through in a way that it feels like they're just being forgotten about. And, yeah, we were talking um, about this with the women's division a lot, where there's a lot of, like, there's so little like women's content on Dynamite sometimes, and then it's like, yeah. and then somebody then... like Willow has to go to ROH because yeah. like if you're Willow, it doesn't matter how good a wrestler you are if you're not in the Tony Storm Soraya storyline or you're not going up against Jade. There's nowhere for you to go. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you, you have to yeah, just leave. Like, it's. Uh, I feel like Willow has enough talent and enough, you know, the fans really love her that she's gonna break through eventually. Is yeah. ROH gonna have? women's division i thought roh is famously like not for women at all they they do have a women's title they changed athena their ways the athena's their champion and willow's just challenging her for it so yeah um oh all right I'm they do have it they don't it's never been their focus but they have it uh and I, okay. athena versus willow will be a great match so i mean they had yeah. two women's matches on the first episode of roh so Again, I think that is probably a record for the most women's matches ever on a Ring of Honor show. Mm. Well, uh, we should yeah. talk about yeah. Raw, even yeah, though none of about... us watched the yeah, full sorry. thing. Now that we've given no, AEW okay. all these notes, let's talk about the greatest wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure we, we get to it so that we don't yeah. uh, completely fail to mention it outside of saying it's yeah. bad. <laughs> well, so you um you had some thoughts on the, uh, the Bloodline story. Well, I've got, you know... You can say your always... thoughts. You don't have to... I'm saying my thoughts. Okay. You know, I'm used to Scotland shutting me down in the group chat. So, and all That's you guys okay. backing them up and no one being on my side. So, yeah, you know, wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Scotland you said that. He'll listen to it tell and we can him. fight tell in the group chat. Scotland runs the group chat, and he's and I when I try to step to his power, everyone shuts me down. But anyway. Wow. Uh, wow, we're cutting promos to... for the group chat on no, this we're really, uh, podcast. We're building to <laughs> Wrestle Pals huge, Mania here. Huge. <laughs> I'm trying to get the pals over. Um, you got yeah the the bloodline. It is it's strange because I think it's been it's been a beautiful story all throughout. I think the end of the Royal Rumble is like you know maybe one of the best storytelling moments I've seen in wrestling mm-hmm. uh, ever. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I think the Sammy turn was great, and the heat he was getting was great. Um, or not the, the, you know, the excitement he was getting. The, it's just, from what I've seen the past few weeks on Raw, I understood it building up to the match with Roman Reigns, that he was, you know, trying to convince the other members of the bloodline to not be in there. You know, mm-hmm. his, his buddies, uh, Jimmy and Jay, trying to get out. Um, that made sense. And now that he lost the match, it just feels weird that he's still trying to get these guys to turn against their cousin. It feels like mm-hmm. petty, kind of. It's uh, it's like you, like, he's saying to them, like, you know, Roman's just using you, all this stuff. But it's like, you also use Roman. You kind of weaseled mm-hmm. your way into this family thing. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you wanted more TV time, more, and, it, and it worked because you were a heel when it went down. And now that you're a face, I also hate when people, you know, people's worldviews completely flip when they go from face to heel because, yeah, you know, it just seems disingenuous. So now that he's a face, he's kind of being like, you need to get out. He's so obsessed with 
you know, make, breaking this family up. And yeah. then I, I was kind of on uh, when he when he kicked Sammy in the face and it was like, you, you think I'm going to leave for you? This is my family. I was like, yeah, that's what that makes complete Yeah, that's sense. true. Yeah. I mean, that is a good point. No, I, I actually agree with you, Casey. I've, I've thought it's kind of weird, too, because, like, no matter where they go with the J stuff or anything like that, I'm always sitting there going, but he's he's in their family, though. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're buds. They're literally a family. They can't just yeah suddenly be like, I mean, I guess I should know from, I, I guess I shouldn't think so highly of family bonds, but, like, you know. <laughs> you can leave your family. I mean, yeah. But yeah. in, Millions I mean, of fathers have family. done it. Um, <laughs> yeah. My family's not great either, but their family is is great. And uh, as shitty as Roman is, of course they're going to, you know, be aligned with him. They've been friends with Sammy for six months. You yeah, could, you'd be a pretty shitty cousin if you just <laughs> gave up on your championship family to hang out with this guy you've been friends with six months who loses yeah. all the time. Yeah, I'm with your French Canadian friend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, no, that you bring up some good points there, because I, I mean, I, I do feel like, uh, yeah, up through the Roman thing, it was very well justified, and now, it, I think it still is okay, but it could use a little bit more justification, or at least maybe like a Kevin Owens or somebody being like, "Look, man, it's over. Why don't you just give it up?" You know what I mean? So at least that somebody's calling attention to that. Like, mm-hmm. why is yeah. he still going yeah. after this? I mean, because. There is an element of like they are still a little bit aggressive towards him, but if that's the case, if it's them pushing the aggression, then I think Sammy needs to be like, look, you know what? Forget it. It's over. Just leave me alone. You know, like something like that. So it's not him. No, but it's just yeah. At a certain point, it's like why 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 is your life's goal to get this other grown man to, you know, change his life? It's like why don't you focus on your own thing? So maybe now this officially you know jay is side with the bloodline they can tweak the feud a little bit and have more kevin owens because i think they need him to really explain because his lifelong friendship with sammy would make way more sense and now they can just tweak the feud from now on and now it's not just him weirdly yeah. just um trying to break his family up now yeah. it's just more about them battling and for the tag team titles and i think hopefully it'll be more fun and make more sense and get back to the root of what it all was when it started. Yeah. You know, the one thing I like about this, uh, though, with Sammy constantly trying to break up this family is it kind of feels a little bit like he's Regina Georging Roman Reigns. Do you remember mm. in Mean Girls when they made that like list? Oh, yeah. And they were like, what does she have? A killer body and an army of skanks or <laughs> yeah. something. And it just feels like... Isn't that a podcast? <laughs> it, it feels like... Like, they're just like, let's get rid of all the things that make him strong. His cousins, like, maybe maybe he'll cut yeah. his hair or something later and we can have a big yeah. hair fight, oh you know? God. Like, it did kind of make sense, too, when he was a, uh, when he was trying to break up the bloodline before the title match because it seemed like he was trying to take away Roman's power so that he'd be more beatable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's right, trying yeah. to, like, he's trying to just break Roman's world apart. Yeah. But so, I do think he genuinely. Yeah you know is the character i do feel like he genuinely had a connection with jay and was like actually i do think his like character i think the idea is that he weaseled his way in for clout but he actually did like really like all of them and he liked yeah and he was tricked into liking roman because roman made him feel like he was accepted and all this stuff and so he felt genuinely yeah. hurt especially by jay who was the one that it took him it was the hardest for him to um absolutely i understand all that and but it is like what yeah. Dan said 
Like it is very. I said that earlier. It's, it's like very middle schoolish that you're still doing that. Yeah, and yeah. I get that Especially it, you, know, in a you develop real feelings for these guys, but it was it was what like six months. Yeah, it's like yeah. You you seem like a toxic person if you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like middle school friendship is like yeah. friends with for six months. And then they yeah. don't want to hang out with you anymore, and you just try to destroy like, their lives. You try, yeah. try to get their brothers to uh, <laughs> yeah. move out. Yeah, you try to poison their family and everything. Yeah. I want, a bit much. I wonder if we're just getting, like, Vince McMahon's view of the world. Because he was backstage at Raw this week, according right. to reports. Apparently with a little mustache and dyed hair. Did he dye his hair? That's what, that's what people are saying, that he dyed his hair and that he had a little mustache. So it does really sound like he was in disguise. Um, oh my God! I it's want to really this event of the mustache now. I love that he's and he was walking around just... going, "It's a me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the Vince. I don't know Vince." He's more like Waluigi. He's uh, oh, it's what... it's funny that he's clearly just going insane. He's clearly just losing his mind. Yeah, yeah. he lost this thing that is the only thing he ever loved and cared about. And now, what do you think he's doing in his free time? Just like relaxing? No. He's... Sitting at home, stealing and calling Saudi Arabians to complain. Yeah, this is his pandemic. He never really had to go through the isolation of the pandemic, and now it's he true. is, and he's going through what I went through, where you dye your hair a bunch, yeah. and you. <laughs> oh my God! What color was his hair? Like bleach blonde? I hope it was bleach blonde. I hope it was bleach blonde. I think it's probably like brown or something. Uh, I don't think they said what I read. Oh, but... right, because he's gray anyway, so he probably dyes it anyway. But he just miscalculated. Yeah, but or he's something. been he's had gray hair for like twenty years on television. Yeah, well, he's like yeah, I've never seen him with anything other than gray hair, except in like really old WrestleManias and stuff. Yeah, I think he I think he started dying it right before he left a little bit. Okay, I mean, maybe. Getting to the point where he looked, he started looking like uh, a real Nosferatu ish type yeah. creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he always looked pretty good for a man his age, um, and now it's just like all crumbling apart. You can't get four hours of sleep a night for four years. That's gonna yeah, be a job with it's, it. It's also like exercise. Like working out is good for you to a point, and then to a point. Yeah, once you get to a certain age, you sh- you can still work out and you can still exercise and like stay in shape and and maintain like a level of muscle mass. But I feel like if you're like in your seventies and you're like jacked, like steroid no, jacked something's going on yeah, there and it says your body's not meant to carry that muscle anymore you should you should do yoga that's like yeah guy. like the jericho light lifting yeah, like jericho. yeah. yeah. totally yoga, light lifting and yoga totally yeah you don't need to be power lifting at 75 years old yeah, yeah. uh but he i mean do you think he's gonna he was in the gorilla position apparently all night people said that he wasn't oh, barking wow. any orders but he was there it is also as something and keeps pointing out this guy who was accused of and i'm sure he was guilty of a lot of terrible things is just it's very indicative of the type of stuff that he was accused of that he is going and just forcing his way back into these situations and he's just sitting he's made it he le- he was asked to leave and he left and then he's now just forced his way back in and is sitting there like it's fine and everybody's just got to be fine with it no matter mm-hmm. how uncomfortable anybody is and if they say anything then it's like well he's just it's fine he's here to visit Cena yeah. or whatever yeah it's very much in his character anyone who lusts for power on that level is not you know they're not right they're not right in the head you should yeah be happy at a certain point people who lust for power at all um, you know. And he wants any 
place of prominence in the world. They're sick. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's literally my uh, my thing with like you know I love Star Wars and it's just like with the prequels it's just like I don't know why it was so hard to convince the Jedi that the president was evil. You know that it was like the guy who oh, wants yeah. who's pursuing power is yeah. uh, is careful, the super villain. Car- careful, John. It's a spicy take to have notes for the Star Wars prequels. Oh, I am probably the. Go on. I, I love I love the prequels. So do I. I've, I've really grown to love them. Wow. But they have. I mean, it's the thing that I have notes for for sure. I acknowledge all the bad things, but this is spicy. I still love them. Yeah, I saw I saw the first one in theater seven times. Oh my god! Wow, this is a spicy app, yeah. folks. We're we're learning all kinds of stuff. You yeah, must edit that out, Casey. Right. <laughs> yeah, no tricks, but, um, all right. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on. Yeah, well, what else happened on Raw this week? Anything good? So uh, we had what are we? John seeing? Cena. Clips I saw. Oh, John so Cena Logan was Paul, there. Logan Paul. They switched. So Seth Rollins is the face in this now. Is it correct? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Logan well, Paul. Well, because people hate Logan Paul so much. Yeah. I think yeah. he was he was the face against Miz because Miz had turned on him and Miz is Miz. Uh, and then he was like sort of the face against Roman because Roman is, you know, such an asshole. But uh, I think now he's just a heel again. And Rollins is pretty beloved. Yeah. I think that's right. I'm glad they realized that nobody is going to. I mean, that's one good thing where you see Vince really isn't there anymore is that yeah they can realize when people are horrible people and people hate them for that I mean they did <laughs> switch to their not under, to that? their credit they did switch Floyd Mayweather uh, from a baby face to a heel just based on yeah. that one promo where he was just talking about how much money he had how much more money he had than everybody else and everybody was like this guy is not a good person uh, and then they Absolutely. made him this, is, this has been my complaint about facing and heels in WWE forever because Vince McMahon's idea of what a good person is is so contrary to a normal, logical person. Yeah, Vince McMahon's you know, idea of a good person is himself. Him. What? Vince McMahon's idea of a good person is him, and that's wrong. Yes, a bully uh, mm-hmm. who has no friends mm-hmm. um, and just hits people and you get upset with him. Yeah. Yeah, so, that makes um, sense. So there's that. What else are they building for? John Cena was back. Yes. Mm-hmm. John Cena was there and he had a promo where he told Austin Theory that uh, that he was like, Austin Theory was like, I want you at WrestleMania. And then he refused and he was like, I'm not going to do it because you're not ready for a match like that. And, you know, you haven't like, basically he was telling me like he hadn't found himself as a performer the way that Cena hadn't when he was like Ruthless Aggression Cena before he was a rapper or something. So basically he was telling him to yeah, get a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, and it was a fine promo from Cena. I don't really want him to wrestle Austin Theory, but it's going to happen, and we all knew it was going to happen. Um, yeah. And we'll see what he's probably going to lose to him. Uh, we'll see. He's been winning some. I mean, how do you feel about Austin Theory? I'm kind of torn because I can't, I can't tell if I do see potential. I'm like, there must be something. One thing about Vince McMahon that I did trust is he – Generally, kind of has a vision for when people have, you know, star breakout ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, he he would shut them down pretty quickly. Like Roman Reigns, people went against that for years. And, you know, it was obvious he was right. John Cena, people went against that, against that for years. Obvious he was right. Um, 
So I don't know. I'm like, is there something I'm missing in Awesome Theory? I haven't seen. This is how I feel about Awesome Theories. That's how you feel about a lot of wrestlers. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of wrestlers, but Austin Theory is one of the wrestlers that I feel that way about because there's like a certain type of like youngish white like wrestler dude that just he just is Mm -hmm. and it's like there's like nine of those guys in every promotion you know what i mean and and to me they're sometimes interchangeable so i i think he just kind of blends into the crowd for me yeah that's true and we'll always like there'll be somebody on like dynamite i'm like man i really love this guy and she'll be like "Eh, he seems generic to me and (laughs) and then i'll sit there heartbroken um but i mean that's what i that's why i love watching wrestling with someone with fresh eyes because you know that's yeah. kind of the Vince McMahon, like Star Power. It's like someone who's never watched wrestling before. That's true. Turn on a show. That's who's true. The person mm-hmm. they're gonna gravitate to, and that was yeah. I don't know if that's awesome too. That's why I realized Otis could be a huge star. Yeah. Because I I watched wrestling with my whole family, and they fucking hate wrestling. So it got to like twenty minutes, but they loved Otis. Oh, my family Everything loves else Otis they hated, too. They yeah. Loved yeah. Otis. Like, yeah, your whole family great. loves Otis. Your they sister love loves Otis. Otis. Your mom loves my Otis. My mom loves Otis. Everyone loves Otis. Yeah. I think he, so he's got he's got star power. But yeah, Austin mm-hmm. Theory, I'm just like, I don't know. He's not bad in matches. He's not good. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say like an Ethan Page. Ethan Page is better at promos, but just yeah, Ethan, fall in the mix. Ethan Page is more... Bennett. I think Ethan Page is better than Austin. I'm not like a huge Austin Theory fan either. Um, he is... It's also hard because there were some like allegations with him. So I couldn't throw oh, in like yeah, the speaking yeah. out thing. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it's already kind of a lost cause, you know. I can't mm-hmm. like I can't really get invested. Um, but he, uh, but he, um, you know, I I th- there's definitely like some potential there. I mean, he definitely sees like, he looks like a wrestler. Could he be like a world champion? I don't know. He did cut a great promo one time after he lost. <laughs> I mean, he did cash in the money in the bank on contract on the U.S. title. And just lost, um, oh, and then he like Million. had a hard. Actually, he had like a hard turn to being this really serious guy, and he had this like really serious promo, and that was really good. And then he just kind of went right back to being the guy who's like a generic heel, like who's cocky and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I thought we were moving away from this. Why is he back to it? Also, he should mm-hmm. shave. I don't like his beard. He, his I'm beard's not... little. His beard is weird. As yeah, say, but um, it could be. It could go either way. He could be. You know, an on tap jam like a John Cena, or it could be like a Jack Swagger who you think is going to develop into something more, and then he's just the same boring son of a bitch. Yeah, Swagger at least later, was a little you know? weird, you know? At least Swagger was kind of. point of him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see because this is a real sink or swim yeah, situation. Well, let's move on to something else from Raw then. Okay. What else was there? Well, there was um, the Trish Stratus and Lita and they Becky beat, Lynch. Be, they beat Damage Control. Yeah, Lita and Becky Lynch them? are the. the yeah. Lita and Becky Lynch are the women's tag team champions now. Uh, they won them last week. Last Monday, yeah. I yeah, that. and then this this week, they came out with Trish Stratus, um, and they're going to be having a six woman tag match at, against Damage Control at wrestlemania so yeah i mean it could be fun i mean i like it's it's different i think when they bring back old women stars because they didn't Mm. get yeah all the main events and stuff like when goldberg comes back it's like goldberg's had enough you know the rocks had enough the like lita and trish stratus deserve a little more you know Mm -hmm. um absolutely i mean they were the first women 
of that generation that like actually has main events. I remember when Lita's main event is Raw. I think mm-hmm. the first one I think was Stephanie McMahon, and then they had yeah. she had a match with Trish Stratus. Um, that was really great. That was one my as I said why my mom happened to be watching, and I remember she was really popping for Lita versus Trish Stratus. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I want to see. Did you see how did Trish look? Is Lita? She still looks great, but it's just. You know, it just seems a little. She was never the best wrestler. Mm-hmm. It was always like that moonsault was always like, is she gonna land on her head? Is this gonna go yeah. all the way? And it's definitely through, not. But she makes it. Definitely not better now that you know. It's definitely not less stressful now that she's 20 years older uh, and not actively wrestling. Yeah. It did look like in the clips that I saw, uh, she didn't do too much in that match. It seems like Becky worked most of the match, and she basically just did the moonsault. Um, so I don't think she's and in a six woman tag she's gonna have to do even less. So Trish I think yeah. is still pretty nimble because she stays she not that Lita doesn't stay in shape but Trish is like a yoga um yoga you know, a yoga master. But yeah, um, Trish and, was yeah. a little more like nimble and athletic and yeah crisper in the ring. And she well she also Trish just wrestled that I mean it wasn't just but it was like three four years ago at this point at SummerSlam she had that match against um, Charlotte. The long singles match. That match was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a fantastic yeah, match. And I think this is a very exciting uh, feud. I'm pumped about it. I don't know how I feel about damage control in general. I just think, um, I kind of think Eos Guy deserves a more prominent role instead of just like the third member of a lackey group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Um, I think this could be great. And it's a great use for all of them to get another women's match on the card. Um, yeah. I was going to say not based on the title, but it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, there's also rumors that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler will yeah. get women's tag title shots, like maybe on the next night or something. I don't know. Yeah. that's. I, I mean, I love Shayna Baszler. So I, think I love Shayna Baszler. I think, I think we might have to wrap it up, but that's uh, this was fantastic. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for calling us, Casey. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry I rambled a lot. You can't get me talking about wrestling. I no, I mean, I do the same thing. <laughs> this Trust is me. perfect. This is all, it's a podcast. It's nothing but rambling. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we're, right. we're, we're, we're not saying anything. No. What, what can we plug for our uh, four listeners? Yeah. Um, my, my friend I work with. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at CaseyJ Spilengo. We got upcoming road dates. We'll see them. Okay. I'm there. I'll be in. I'll be in Connecticut this. Um, Coming for Vince. Saturday. Ooh. In a town that I down the Still Hill Brewery. Come to that Saturday. Still Hill Brewery. Um, Great. Other than that, I can't think. Yeah. Talk to me on. Just follow the gram. All right. All right. Okay. Follow the gram. We'll put the gram on there. All right. All right. Yeah. Bye. All right. I'll see you in the group text, buddy. Okay, that was Casey James Lingo. He's our friend. He's our friend. Comedy legend. All and right. And now we'll do the awards. So woo. promo of the week. Wait, hang on. I'm doing the intro. Oh, woo. Awards. It's okay. basically we just do the Wayne's World thing. Um, <laughs> so the uh, promo of the week. What was your promo of the week? My promo of the week is MJF's Pickle Scrum. 
Uh, it was the scrum he did mm-hmm. after his title retention uh, in the Iron Man match. He walked in on a crutch like Tiny Tim. Oh, my God. Uh, he was so animated. In, screamed in Dave Meltzer's face. So animated. Uh, Covered Tony, in blood still. Made Tony Khan close his eyes in anguish. Uh, offered a member of the press a pickle. Demanded that member of the press eat a pickle. Mm-hmm. And kept talking about how good the pickles were. Um yeah, it was just great. It was wonderful. It was clearly reminiscent of the CM Punk scrum it was because he looked the same and mm-hmm. had pi- and had pickles instead of cupcakes or whatever mm-hmm. it was CM Punk was eating and he was talking the same way. Um, he quoted him a couple times. Yeah, had like very close lines. It was just one of those brilliant MJF promos where it's like a parody of a wrestling promo you've seen before. Yeah, um. <laughs> and he was like proving that he was like, I can make this work. Yeah, because the punk one didn't really work; it just came off very uncomfortable. No, he wrestlefied it. He yeah. made it. He made it a yes. wrestling gimmick. Yes, which is what he is like. I think so brilliant at. He just turns yeah. everything into a gimmick, and that can be a curse. Which for sometimes for him, I'm sure yeah. it is. But um, I, I think it's it's also his blessing. So yeah, he did a great job, and it was also um. It's funny to see how much I think CM Punk is still his hero because mm-hmm. I think he really like he does this on purpose, you yeah. know. Uh, and then I did uh, say you put two. Well, I put two nominations. I was still going to go with the MJF scrum because it's so I know. Well, I'll just talk about the one that is not WWE. Then we're not just I think, listing our. I know, promos. but I just want to say the one I listed was Jungle Boy because I thought Jungle Boy yeah, did a great now- promo. That okay. he was here. I'll delete it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Jungle Boy did a great promo for, the especially records. it was the best one he's ever probably done, and it was like a pre-recorded one. It wasn't in front of the crowd, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. And I, it was most. I just want to say it because he has improved a lot, and also he had a great line that he w- it was something like um, uh, talking to Christian Cage about his you know his deceased father Luke Perry. He was like, since you're such a big fan of my dad, I'll let you say hi to him when I put you in the ground, mm-hmm. which was a great. Uh, insane line yeah um, his dad's in the ground apparently yeah uh, he didn't get cremated yikes. all right the but match of the week match of the week put an honorable mention okay this is we gotta, gotta stop yeah like we're not just li- he's just listing things and it's like the whole point of the awards is that okay. we highlight one so what did you, so you say my match of the week that i picked was jungle boy versus christian cage because i always felt it was a very engaging match yeah. i love the coffin gimmick it's very theatrical uh it's as a puzzle element because you're like how's it gonna get him in there mm-hmm. but and so it's like there's a lot of strategy to a coffin match that you don't get in uh some of the other matches that they have mm-hmm. um and uh jungle boy won which was a highlight yeah jungle boy keeps like not being on tv and then coming back and having these incredible pay-per-view matches because i think christian got injured so they had to put his push like on hold a little bit or his stories mm-hmm. on hold and then it was great too because the crowd i think was not as like into this feud at first because it had been gone for so long but christian and jungle boy just killed it you know mm-hmm. uh the one i would put as something that like maybe not everybody has seen on the New Japan anniversary show, uh, the fifty first anniversary fifty first anniversary show, Tomohiro Ishii, one of the best wrestlers in the world, versus the very newly healed David Finley. This is the guy that attacked Jay White mm-hmm. at Battle in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, he's apparently the new leader of Bullet Club. Right now, he looks like kind of a Jay White clone, but it's like he. David Finley's always been having great matches, but now he's like got way more personality. And that promo he did was great. And I think he's got a lot. Of, the guy who was managing him, Gato, was the manager of Okada, 
And then he only left Okada to go to Jay White. These are two like legendary New Japan main event guys now. Mm-hmm. So he's with David Finley, and David Finley wrestled a little bit differently. Very intense match, um, and I think it's got a lot of potential. So, uh, and then, so our fantasy booking. Oh, the nerd fantasy booking time. Let's do different arm movements for this. It's nerd fantasy booking where we book our nerd fantasies. Woo. Um. Anyway, I picked Mesa Ruga. Mesa Ruga versus Julia Hart because I haven't seen Julia Hart do much in a while, wrestling wise. She's due for that, and Mesa is um the little apple goblin. Yeah, so she was she was trying to bite. She's a little apple lady, and she, she thinks, tries to bite people because she likes to bite like they're an apple. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be a really fun matchup. I think you could get really surreal with it. I think Julia could have a little bit of fun because her character is very serious. Yes. And I think she could use a little bit of like fun to play off mm-hmm. of. Because um, like, when she was a cheerleader cheerleader, she was all kinds of goofy and, goofy and silly. And, yeah. silly. Mm-hmm. and so I feel like she's, she probably still has that in her. Maybe mm-hmm. it's time to tease a little bit of that out. It's always great to watch a super serious, dark character be like, wait, what? Yeah. You know? You're an um, apple goblin? <laughs> my fantasy booking, based on this is something that did happen, and I think, but I don't know that they're going to push this. So, Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi, the IWGP tag team champions, guys I'm big supporters of. Goto being a big guy that was like, had a, a big run in New Japan, but never quite reached the main event. And then Yoshihashi, a guy who's like struggled to get there. And he was like, you know, he was there with the main event guys uh, in the dojo. It took him longer to get there. He finally did. Um, and then it took him years to like find his footing as like a serious performer. But in the last like couple of years, he's been one of the best on the roster. And they really found their spot as the tag team champions. They defended successfully their tag team titles against Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada, the, the, the aces, the main event guys. They beat them. Uh, and it's like... I think they should do Yoshihashi should get a title shot against Okada. He won't win, but I think it would be a great match. And I think the fans would be like very into it. Uh, So that's what I want. Do do it. Do it. New Japan. Put a lot, lot more thought into his than I put into mine. I watched this match yesterday. I just won a silly magic match. Okay. Now we're going to do history lesson. Hmm. So history lesson is going to be a new segment where I tell a bit of history that I learned about wrestling and we talk about it. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a chance to catch up. So it'll be a story from this book, Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, The History and Rise of Women's Wrestling, a book I'm almost finished reading. So I'm going to come back next week and talk about it. That's right. Actually, hang on. Should I just do it? Just just finish the book right now? (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Sit tight. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I think the, the, well, the first story I read about was Sable. Mm-hmm. Or not, it wasn't the first story, but the first story I wanted to bring in was about Sable um, because it made me realize that the the reason I did not get into wrestling as a little kid is because when I was a little kid, I was like aware of wrestling and I remember I had a Hulk Hogan toy. Wow. But I also remember my dad bringing home a National Enquirer because he brought it home all the time mm-hmm. and me reading about Sable suing the WWE for sexual harassment and... Not that the fact that she sued them, but like the fact that what she'd gone through in working there and like having it in her contract that she mm-hmm. couldn't take bumps because she has breast implants and stuff and like all the terrible things men would do. And that really colored my impression of 
the WWE. It was not an incorrect Even one. as a child, I was very conscientious about women's rights, you see. Yeah. Um, and it did. But it, I do remember it making me feel bad and making me think like, oh, that's a bad place. <laughs> and so, you weren't wrong. And so, yeah, I didn't. I went with my gut for about 20 years. And then I um, and then here we are. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. But um, it, like I did. It did make me kind of feel bad for Sable. Um, but then it got to the very end of her story and said that she's married to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> and I was immediately like, fuck Sable. I mean, <laughs> and then I was going to try, I had tried to be like, you know, Sable, I know that she was, you know, it wasn't like good women's wrestling. It wasn't respectful. It was very like objectifying, sexualizing and all this stuff. Yeah. But they, I was trying to be like, well, she... You know, uh, they had no women's division. No. And then was, they recreated had... the women's divisions because of her. Yeah. They, they just wanted to feature her on the show. So they but... brought back the women's title and the women's division for her. Now, a few arguments we made here. One is that this, it would have happened anyway. Like they would have eventually, mm-hmm. society would have demanded that there be a women's division again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So perhaps this was, this may have actually just set them back longer because they did come back earlier, but they had to, just be getting topless and assaulted all the time. Yeah. So perhaps it would have been better if it just just waited another five years or something. And it was, but I don't know if it would have really been any different. It's hard so to know, I don't know, you know, Rubens wrestling That's, I'm learning from this book has a very difficult history. It was actually illegal in most of the United States uh, for a lot of the 20th century. It was not until the seventies that it became legal in California. <laughs> I think it was like the eighties in New York. Maybe women were not like allowed really to silly. even fake compete in a sport no because it was seen as purely like sexual like Mm -hmm. it was seen as literally just what it became in the 90s um (laughs) and then uh but so it was actually legal so it's had a rough rough history and and her her reign i mean there's also some stories in the book like i don't mean to sound like super hard on her but there's some stories in the book that are make her seem like not a very nice person i don't think that she has the reputation of being a very nice person she was supposed to drop the belt to somebody twice Mm-hmm. Uh, and forgot the belt in her hotel room both times, and the the wrestler quoted in that story is like, I'm pretty sure she did that on purpose. Like, yeah, of course, she seemed like a not very nice lady. I love people who are like new to the business and also have all this like ego. Like Goldberg was like that, where like Jericho yeah, because she about literally it. wasn't a wrestler; she was just a model. Yeah, she had I no don't... wrestling experience. But without her, <laughs> but without her, we wouldn't have a women's division at WWE, folks. You, then you know that match that you enjoyed today, that WrestleMania yeah. 32 women's triple threat match? That's Sable. That's Sable. Anyway, uh, so for the rest of March, I'll be bringing in stories about women's history. All right. And I will be here. And he'll be here defending all the misogyny. That's right. Not <laughs> thinking sides. I am. Both sides. Both sides. Both sides. very, very fine people. Both sides. They're both sides. Okay. Okay, I think all right. that's all we have that's, for this week. Yeah, it is because we gotta go eat dinner, folks. We it's gotta late, go eat dinner. And I have to edit this video. That's right. So, uh, okay, Thank you. bye everybody. We bye. love you. We'll see you good next night week. and good wrestling.